Hey, it's great to be with you today. I have a few introductory comments before we dive back into the scripture, and I would encourage you to keep your Bibles open because uh, we will be looking at those verses uh, again, um, and then also talking about uh, human trafficking and community and uh, leaning into some other issues. But my first introductory comment is thank you. Thank you as a church Uh, for supporting me as a missionary, for supporting the Set Free Movement, for supporting the work that Bonnie and Camille and others are doing here at the church. And also thank you for supporting other missionaries like Eric Spangler and like Impact Middle East and what you're doing with Operation Nightwatch. When you give to the Global Impact Fund, you're funding uh, incredible work both locally and globally as we are on mission with God as as a church community and you're in partnership with us. So thank you so much for all of your support. The other thing I want to say is that um, we're talking a little bit about human trafficking, modern day slavery today, but this is a a, a safe space for your family. If you're sitting there with your kids and you're wondering, what is this guy going to say? It's going to be very appropriate. I'm talking very little about human trafficking and more I'm leaning into who are we as a community? How do we as a community be on mission with God? How do we as a community um, uh, use our gifts and our skills to be agents of hope and healing in a broken world? So, so that's where we're going, and we're going to use the Scripture some more, and we're going to talk about a variety of things. But we're leaning into community, and we're leaning into Jesus this morning. So it's a message of hope, not a message of despair. Now, I want to talk about Freedom Sunday. Um, This is our 11th year doing Freedom Sunday, and we've raised over a million dollars in the last 11 years to fund a variety of freedom projects around the world. Last year, we came alongside Hanny and what's going on with Impact Middle East. We funded a home in Illinois that helps survivors of human trafficking. Um, We're funding a variety of work uh, with ICCM in different countries, on and on and on. Um, And I'll be talking about those Freedom Sunday projects that we're doing this year. But from the very beginning, again, here's another big thank you. From the very beginning, First Church has been on this journey with us in doing Freedom Sunday. And and you've been proclaiming and praying and giving in the direction of freedom. So thank you. This is is a great uh, participation today. It's a great celebration as we lament and we think about these hard things, but also we respond with hope. All right, let's look at the scripture again. So um, the wife of a man uh, from the company of the prophets cried out to Elisha, "Um, your servant is, uh, my husband is dead and you know that he revered the Lord, but now his creditor is coming to take my two boys as his slaves. This is not just an old story from a long time ago in the Old Testament. This is a story that's repeated all across the globe daily. You know, there could be um, uh, political problems in a country. There could be environmental uh, destruction. There could be some things that happen um, economically. People lose their jobs. People become vulnerable. And, and children and women and whole families are at risk of, of going into slavery. So this is, a, this is a, a story from our scriptures that still is very much alive today. And people are still crying out today help us. Now, let's, let's look at this, this first slide that I want to show you and apply that to what's going on today. There are an estimated 40 million slaves in our world today. 
And these are people who uh, cannot walk away. They're doing things they don't want to do. They're under the threat of violence. These are not people making $1 a day and going home. These are people who cannot go home. And this is under, uh, they're, they're under incredible threat of violence. And it's not just about sex slavery. It's also labor slavery. Slavery, human trafficking is in domestic labor. It's in commercial sex. It's in restaurants and hospitality. It's in factories and manufacturing, construction and landscaping, agriculture and forestry. It's in our cupboards, our closets, our kitchens. It's across the street. It's around the corner. It's on the other side of the world. It's a $150 billion a year illegal, evil business enterprise. And that other number up there is that they're estimated to be somewhere between 100 to 300,000 domestic minor sex trafficking victims in the United States. Domestic meaning they're Americans, minors meaning they're under the age of 18, and they're involved in commercial sexual exploitation. And, and the other number that could be up there is 70%. 70% of that number, approximately 70% of that number, were at one time foster kids. So the work that is happening here at First Church in helping foster families and foster children is helping to prevent those kids from becoming this statistic about sex trafficking. So if you take that number, 100 to 300,000 domestic minor sex trafficking victims, and you add to that number those involved in labor trafficking and those that are over the age of 18, boy, we're looking at maybe a million slaves in the United States. Maybe more than that. But we can look at all these issues, we can talk about all these numbers, but this next picture, just look at this girl. Here's the real question. How much is she worth? What is her value? I mean, it's, it's, it's incredibly evil to take a human being created in the image of God that has dignity and value and is precious in every way and treat them as a commodity as a thing to be bought and sold and used and abused for profit and or pleasure. Just don't get me wrong. This is not a bad thing. This is an evil thing that's happening. She's created in the image of God. I mean, look at her. She's created in the image of God. And she ought not to be used as a thing for our profit or pleasure. Now, let's go on. Let's go back, let's go back to the scriptures. Elisha replied to her, how can I help you? Tell me, what do you have in your house? He asked her two really important questions, and I love this. This first question is, um, he's, he is, he's emphasizing with her. He's showing her that he cares, but he does not take out his wallet and give her a bunch of money. He then asks her this other question, what do you already have? And she says, well, I don't have anything. I really have nothing at all. Actually, now that I think about it, I have a small jar of olive oil. And this is a really good application point for us today. Beyond Freedom Sunday, beyond talking about the set free movement, leading her to be a part of the solution. And, and her response is that, well, I do have something, but it has no value. It has no value. And Elisha then invites her to use that thing that has no value to, to, to give that thing to God so that God can create some incredible miracle for her. I would just ask you to just 
pause in this whole conversation and ask you, what do you have? What do you have in your house? What do you have in your life? What do you have that, you, you know, you can name all the great things you've got, I'm sure. You can just start ticking them off. All the blessings, all the great things that we have, all insignificant nothings. You know, Jesus wants it all. God wants it all. So what do you have that you can surrender to God, whether it's big or small, and that God can then use to create a miracle? God can use to create some change and some hope in the world. Think about that. Not just the great things, not just the big things that you have, but what are the small and significant nothings that you have that you can give to God, that God can use? Now, let's ask some other questions. Here, look at this next slide. Um, what creates vulnerability to human trafficking? And, and, and is this a problem or is it a symptom? Those are really important questions because human trafficking doesn't come out of nowhere. When you look at this picture, these are three Roma girls in Bulgaria. And because of the color of their skin, they have become incredibly vulnerable to human trafficking because of the extreme racism against them. They're living in poverty. They don't have educational opportunities, healthcare opportunities. And, and a girl is worth less than a horse. And so when we ask what creates vulnerability, it's any injustice we can name. It's racism, it's poverty, it's gender inequality, it's sexual abuse in the home, it's, 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 it's alcohol and drugs, it's all, this, all the social ills that we could name create a vulnerability. And then the other question is, is this a problem or a symptom? And I would argue that um, all these things, human trafficking, racism, poverty, those things are symptoms of a much deeper problem. And and, 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 and the, the problem is, is this. It's that relationships are broken. Relationships are broken between us and God and us and each other. The relationships are broken between different political parties and, and racial groups and men and women and the poor and the rich. Like there's this incredible brokenness that starts with sin, this brokenness between us and God, and then there becomes this brokenness with each other, and then that spreads from one-on-one uh, -on -one relationships to whole communities become broken, and then whole systems become broken, and then whole cultures become broken. So in the Set Free Movement, we've come to have a two-fold strategy, kind of a big strategy, and it's this. We must both serve with compassion at the margins while also working to bring hope and healing into the brokenness. It's both. It's both serving with compassion at the margins, helping the poor, helping the homeless, working with foster families. Those are addressing the symptoms that are at the margins. But at the same time, we need to drill down and, and work on our relationships, our relational connections in our neighborhoods. Because neighbors solve neighborhood problems. Businesses and programs and projects and universities are really helpful in solving problems, but they only go so far without those relationships. And so we need to have that relational connection. So we've got to do two things, serve with compassion at the margins and work to bring hope and healing to broken relationships in broken communities. And I would argue that this is a primary role of the church. Like, we're the only ones that can really bring hope and healing 
as we follow Jesus, as we're filled with the Holy Spirit into our broken communities, we are the ones that can be agents of hope and healing. Now, let's go back to the scripture again. So Elisha says, okay, so you got a little bit of oil, great. Go and ask all your neighbors for empty jars. Don't ask for just a few. Then go inside, shut the door behind you and your sons, pour oil into all the jars, and as each is filled, put it to one side. And she left him, she shut the door, they poured, they poured, they poured, and when the oil stopped flowing, she had lots of jars filled with oil, and she came and told the man of God, he said, go sell the oil, pay your debts, you and your sons can live on what is left. Now this is also really insightful. He says, go around to all your neighbors. So she's not solving the problem on her own. She's, she's going to enlist the help of her neighbors. Her neighbors now are invited into this journey. Her neighbors now are invited to give the little things, the useless things that they have. And I just think this story is great. She's got a little bit of useless oil and they've got a whole bunch of useless empty jars. What can we do with that? Well, God can do amazing things with that. And again, neighbors solve neighborhood problems. And, and I love how Elisha said, don't ask for just a few. Ask for as many as there are. They are, there are. Be bold. Be bold in asking for those things that you need, that you can use, that God can use to make a difference. Be bold. And her neighbors gave her what she needed, and God created the miracle. Wow, that is absolutely fantastic. And, and again, there's great application points here for our lives. We use what we have, what God has given us, and we boldly go out into our neighborhoods and we invite them to come and be part of God's solution. Now, with the Set Free Movement, when, when I came back from Thailand uh, many, many years ago, I, and I, I live in, in Marysville, just north of the city here, about an hour, um, uh, you know, my question was, well, who's going to help me in Marysville to address injustice and human trafficking? And the answer was nobody. There were no organizations. It's a small town. Uh, there's a, you know, there's some organizations in Seattle, but, you know, who's going to help me in Marysville? Nobody. And then when I went to Spring Arbor, Michigan, the answer was nobody. When I went to Greenville, Illinois, the answer was nobody. So we, we set out as an organization to say, how do we address this issue in our neighborhoods, regardless of how big the neighborhoods are or how big and small the, 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 you know, the, the city is, how do we create community like, like what's being described in the story? How do we create community centered on Jesus, a prayerful community that then is, gonna, is going to engage and try to address these, these issues? And so now we have 40 teams in nine different countries and we're on five continents and we're, we're, we're looking at, at, at doing a lot more work in Latin America. But I want you to see some, uh, just hear a couple stories and I want you to see some pictures. And you already heard from, from uh, Bonnie and Camille. They're one of our teams doing a fantastic job here. But this is our team in Canfield, Ohio. It's right by Youngstown. And um, they, they, um, they, created a team and they prayed and they learned and they networked and, and they, they learned that one of the very real needs in their community was, was ministering to the women involved in the strip clubs. And so they go to visit three different strip clubs and they take the women food and gifts and they love on the women. And, um, 
And, and the bouncers and the Johns that are in the strip clubs are also responding, and they, they want prayer. They're, they're coming up to these women that go into the strip clubs, and, and they want them to pray with them. And they don't know what to do with that. I mean, so what a beautiful thing that they're going into this dark, dark place, and the women are responding, but also the men are responding. Uh, now, when school's in session, which it currently isn't because of COVID, they're also in the public schools uh, working with uh, kids to prevent human trafficking. So they're doing two things. They're going into the darkness with the light. They want to help these women come out of the life. And then they're also going into the schools. And strip clubs are either a gateway into human trafficking or they're a destination for human trafficking. Um, so prevention, rescue, and also uh, with the strip club, and then prevention with the kids. This next picture shows you um, our, our leader in Hungary, Zhuzhi McNamara, and they do a variety of things in Budapest and Gior, Um but one of the things that they do is they are, are reaching out to kids that are in state homes, um, similar to our foster care system, and they want to intervene so that these kids, when they age out, the girls don't go into prostitution and the boys don't go to prison because they've been involved in crime. Um, so they're doing a, a variety of things there. That's one of our teams. And then this, this last picture is um, our team in Spring Arbor, Jackson, Michigan, who um, spent, they're really our oldest team. They were our first team that started 10 years ago. And they, they prayed, they learned, they dialogued, they networked, and, and they, they started moving in one direction and realized that lots of people were moving in that same direction. So then they, they, they pulled back and asked, where is the hole? Where's, where's a great big hole in our community that needs to be plugged? And that hole was that there are tons of homeless youth in that community, lots and lots of homeless youth. A lot of them are foster kids who have aged out of, um, of, of foster care, and they're living on the streets. There's no housing for them. Well, this team just got their 501c3 last week, and, um, and they also have a home that they're now remodeling so that kids can come in off the streets and, and live in a home. Um, and, and so you can be praying for our Spring Arbor Jackson team. And I wish I had the time to tell you, uh, I probably have 40 different stories about all these set-free teams around the world, but I just don't have that time. But let me transition and tell you a little bit about what's going on with Freedom Sunday. Um, you can go onto our website, and you can uh, watch a video about what we're doing in the website. Go to the Freedom Sunday page, Check out that video. I think it's three and a half minutes long. Um, it's really a well-done video that talks about some of the things that that, that team is doing in Spain. But uh, I want to I focus on what we're looking to do in Colombia. So if you would just uh, take a look at these pictures. Uh, in Colombia, there are an estimated 11 million Venezuelan refugees that have gone into the country. And they're not welcomed at all. And this is one of those families of uh, Venezuelan refugees that I visited when I was there in January. Um, and, and like the Bulgarians, they are not welcomed. They're not wanted. They find a really hard time uh, to find work. Uh, it's hard to find work. It's hard to find health care. Um, and uh, they've got a variety of issues. And we want to come alongside of these and others and find a way to, to help them to not just survive, but also to thrive. And this next picture shows you a picture of uh, Pastor Yeni. Pastor Yeni is, is on the right. 
And she's doing this great work in a, uh, in a town of about a million people right in the middle of the country. And she's, she's reaching out to um, all sorts of people, but in particular, she's, been, she's had some really good success reaching out to women involved in prostitution and helping them come out of the life, helping them to come to know Jesus. And um, this woman that's right in the middle of the picture was a woman that was involved in prostitution who now has a house church in her home. Isn't that fantastic? Like, we want more of that to happen. We want, we want to empower, you know, to equip and encourage uh, Pastor Yeni and others to be able to reach more and more people and plant more and more churches in the midst of, of the darkness and the destruction and the pain um, that's in, in, our, in those communities. It's just really, really incredible. And then this last picture I want to show you, um, we have a work uh, that um, Mayra, Mayra's on the right, is our Set Free leader. And she's involved with several different outreaches to, um, to kids and families, trying to prevent the kids from, uh, from entering into a life of prostitution. And uh, a lot of the kids... Um, uh, uh, that she ministers to are children of women involved in prostitution. Um, and so we want to come alongside Mayra. And also the woman on the, on the left is the leader of International Child Care Ministries in, in Colombia. So there's a really good partnership between what the Free Methodist Church is doing and International Child Care Ministries and Set Free. We're all working together to help to prevent kids from becoming trafficked, to, to reach out to women involved in prostitution. Um, and then I'll show you this picture of Mosaico in Spain. Um, this is a, an outreach center that's doing a variety of things. It's just south of, of Madrid and very holistic in its nature. They want to plant churches. They want to reach the youth that are disillusioned with the gospel. They want to help refugees. They want to help women come out of prostitution. They want to help prevent kids from going into uh, uh, human trafficking. And uh, really, really a fantastic new work happening in Spain that I think could have tremendous um, impact on the whole country and the whole region. Uh, and we want to get behind that. We want to get them some resources. We want to pray for them, and we want to we want to work with them. So these are uh, these are uh, the projects. And then we've got a couple of things in the U.S. But you can read about those on the Freedom Sunday webpage. But we want to come alongside of this work that God is already doing, this work that already the national church is doing. And we want to partner with them in ways that make sense. And we want to get them the financial resources that they need. Now, let's wrap it up. Let me ask some questions or let's review. Ask good questions. Think critically. Uh, just like Elisha. You know, he asked some really good questions. And, and, and remember this that um, we can't be expecting government or academia or business to solve our problems. We're all neighbors, and neighbors solve neighborhood problems. And last week, um, your pastor said, and, and I thought this was, this was great because it fits in with what I wanted to say today, um, he said that um, grace is the oil uh, that we need in our relationships. We need to have grace with each other. And then relationships are the grease in social change and social well-being. We, we need grace, and without relationships, we really can't create social change, and we can't have social well-being. And that's really a hard thing during, during COVID when we're all locked in our homes, but let's do the best we can to still be neighbors. And, and, and once COVID's done, let's, let's be neighbors 
physically with one another. Here's a, here's a question I asked, but I'll ask it again. What do you already have in, in your life? What do you already have that God can use to create a miracle for you and your community? And then let's go to the next, the next set. How are you making a difference as you live your life in God? Like we all need to be on mission with God in small ways and big ways. How are you making a difference? And then how are you leaning into community with God and others? You know, the sermon series that's going on right now is, is, is talking about community, how we are really truly not alone. We need one another. We're, we're all in this together. I've seen that a lot during COVID. Um, and, and how are we leaning into community with God and others? And then the last thing is think of ways you, uh, you can connect with the Set Free Movement team at, at, at First Church and help reduce vulnerability and help create new futures. Now, between the services, I was chatting with Camille and with Bonnie, and I was hearing a little bit about what they're doing and a little bit about the dreams they have. Boy, God, God wants to really impact this community with the work of your church. God wants to impact Seattle and beyond with his mission. And, and, and I think that Set Free is a part of that mission of your church that is really having impact at Penny's Place with, with survival workers and with foster kids. Wow, how do we throw more gasoline on that fire? Think about that. Like, how can you be part of that work? What can you do? Pray, give money, volunteer. I'm, I'm sure that Camille and Bonnie can give you some suggestions, especially once COVID, um, you know, is, is, is over. Every prayer matters and every penny counts. Every prayer matters and every penny counts. Now, I just want to encourage you, go to the Set Free Movement website, um, uh, get plugged in with your First Church website, and I want to pray for us right now.